Welcome to Watch Over, a podcast devoted to all things Arrow and Elicity. Featuring myself, Jen, aka J Buffy Angel, and me, Kelly, aka Callista Wolf. Be aware we do discuss spoilers and swear now and then, but we will always have fun and you will too. Hello, hello. Hello, it's Podcast Friday. I'm so excited. Yay, Podcast Friday. <sighs> it is officially spring break. Is it? The kids are out of school? Yes. Ours is not until the 25th. Really? Yeah, it's late this year. Mine have the two weeks, so like the next two weeks, and then you get two weeks for spring break. Hey, hey. <sighs> I moved to that state. Oh my gosh! Holy well, cow. I don't know if it's the state or if it's the school. Oh, whatever. I'll go to that school. I'm cool with that. I was trying to think of what I'm going to do with Lauren. I think I'm just going to dump her off at her um, grandparents. Gosh. She gets bored. Well, she gets bored sitting around, and I gotta work. So, if I my guess, kids, like, if my kids needed me to like entertain them, they probably would have withered away by age eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that she needs me to entertain her. It's just that like she'll just sit around and play video games, so she can go up and hang out at her grandparents' house. Oh, and come do on, that video and see games build character. <laughs> She's earned her break. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. That's what I'm mulling over right now. Uh, I'm crabby because we just had a contractor come look at my house. And I know this is first world problems, but it costs way more than I thought it was going to cost and makes me cranky. Why is everything so expensive? I don't know. Just like generally speaking. It just is. Like yeah, I just feel like everything's ten grand. Ten grand here, that'll be thirty. Here's fifty grand. It's like okay. <laughs> well, Kyle, Kyle, my my husband, Mister Economist guy, is like, well, if they just raise the interest rate, then inflation would go down. I'm like, okay, whatever you just said makes no sense to me because I have no idea about this stuff. Me neither. I like vaguely understand economics, but like not in a real practical sense. Like, so I just really? believe Kyle. <laughs> Sure, that sounds right. <laughs> and that's like, well, we have this, like, I have this deep-rooted fear of the real estate market because of 05 and being underwater on our house. So, like, I have, those were, like... Those were good times. I have... <laughs> like, the anxiety I have about being You're, So yours went under, under in 2005? I thought everybody's went under in 08. Oh, sorry. I'm in 08. Yeah, so okay. we bought in 05. Which was pretty much... We bought no four. Okay. I think 05 was the last hurrah high. Like, we literally... I think maybe it was 06. It was either 05 or 06 was the last hurrah high. It was It was getting really expensive. Like, like I've told you before, we yeah. got our house new construction. Mm-hmm. By the time the house was built and ready to move in, we couldn't mm-hmm. have afforded it. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> the nice thing about Minnesota is that it, it was crazy here, but I don't think it got as crazy as, like, Nevada or Arizona or Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was still nuts. And then, of course, we all cratered. Everyone cratered in 08. I ain't special. But we were <laughs> underwater, like, $100,000. And unbelievably we managed to find our way out of that situation with like our credit score intact and all that good stuff i but, think like, ours only went underwater like a couple thousand because of when we bought it of when you bought it but like well, when we, we bought it at 190 mm-hmm. and by the time we moved in it was at 300 that's crazy and i don't know how much more it went up after that but i know yeah. everybody that bought after us was underwater and we yeah. were like skimming the surface <laughs> I mean the smartest yeah the smartest thing we did with that townhouse is like we didn't put a lot of extras in so like yeah. we were like the cheapest in the row and I was like thank lord but so like now with this house which clearly this is like a longer term purchase like Lauren still has to get through high school but we finished the basement we did a porch and the one thing and again people I understand there's a war in Ukraine like don't send me hate me off this is just my stupid little <laughs> like I said first world problems but like my laundry room's on the first level it's not upstairs and I've I always wanted to move it upstairs uh, 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 uh. <sighs> no you don't because our old house it was upstairs See, that's a thing, though, in Minnesota. Everybody wants it upstairs, and, like, when you're in this price Well, place. also, what are we talking about upstairs, downstairs? Are you talking basement, first floor, or, like, first floor? Main level floor? as you walk in from the garage. So, first floor. Yeah, first we don't floor. have basements here. Oh, <laughs> those in your no basements. Yeah, we have basements. So, yeah, it's first floor, but it's, like, it's in our main entrance. So, I'm, like, doing laundry where everybody comes into the house. That's where ours is by the, the door to the garage. Too. And again, honestly, I like it better because I deal with out it of the way and nobody's going to see it. Yeah. But see, it would be upstairs. Like we have a bump out in our master bedrooms. So like we'll just make that into the laundry room. So it's literally right off of our bedroom. Ours was literally right off our bedroom and I hated it. Why did you hate it? It made it like when the kids would be doing their laundry at night while we're trying to sleep it would make so much racket oh yeah i would not and allow like, if the pipes ever burst guess what's happening <laughs> those pipes burst were screwed in a variety of areas but but you know what i mean it's gonna be yeah. the floor. like it was it was a pain and like when you had to replace shit then you had to like move shit up and down the stairs which yeah was terrible i when we were looking for a new house i was like i don't want one on the second floor do See, not. like at this price point where we're at, that's like I'm afraid it's a thing. So, like with people. some some houses around here, do some don't. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's totally like a preference. Type I thing. know Minnesota real estate market like the back of my hand, and I just keep telling Nick, I was like, I know what these chicks are gonna say when they're walking through. Like, and I already, I can already hear. Yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, like, it's not. Oh, it's on the first level. Oh, I don't want to hear you. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Our our real estate agent said, you know, it, it really around here it depends on the buyer, you know. It's yeah, like it or not. I emailed our realtor about this like five years ago, and he was like, "Do it." And I'm like, "Okay, well, we didn't because <laughs> we didn't want to spend the money." And then Nick convinced me we got to do the basement before we do the laundry room, which I agree that was a smarter play. Like we're getting a lot of use out of the basement, 
it's really only me who's in the laundry room. Lauren and Nick don't care. Um, so I email them all the numbers again, just to be like, like, is this an actual thing that we should pursue? Am I going to get my money out of this joint? Cause like, we're already in it for a lot of money. And I'm like, and you know also what? another reason maybe <sighs> that we like the second or the first floor is mm-hmm. that's where the cat box goes. Mm. And I don't like the cat box on the. Yeah, I don't know where puppy's gonna. That was like the reason why we didn't do it. I'm not kidding. For years is um, one of the reasons is the bump out was Rusty's like little spot. That was where his doggy bed was, <laughs> and he had a huge doggy bed because he was a huge dog and he loved that bed. And I was like, I can't like. You don't have the heart to take it. I from couldn't him. uproot him in his twilight years. You know, like it was just that was just that's just mean. I wouldn't do that to him. So like, it really would have spent his world. Yeah, thin. I mean, what kind of heartless monster He's would like, you what be? What kind of crazy wacko am I living with? You want me to like my bed is over here now? Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, he was really committed to that place. That. He had a process. There was a day daily process. You'd get up, eat, watch Lauren go off to school, be mad at me for sending Lauren to school. How dare you? And then he would make his way upstairs. He'd sleep in the sun in the mid-morning. And then by the afternoon, when the sun had shifted, then he moved upstairs into the master. And then occasionally he would peek his head out if he thought I was eating anything. And you want to know what the jerk move was? I'm going to tell you what the jerk move was with this dog. So I was sleeping all the time, right? All the time. Working all the time. Working in the house, right? What did he do? He slept most of the time, right? Right, right. Except, what did he do when Nick was home during COVID? That little punk, his ass was underneath Nick's feet all day. He loves him. I know he was his lobster, and I was like, "I am not chopped liver." And Nick, you like, are you do not feed him. One hundred percent chopped liver. Whoever is here the most is chopped liver. Yeah, that and I don't feed him, so he was like, oh, eh, yeah. "I don't need you." Whoever feeds the the right. animal gets no, the love. That's that's, yeah. that's alpha. That's I understand that. Like, I was good for like the massages and the mommy love. Yeah, but, like, okay. yeah, Nick was like, no. Anyways, so yeah, people, if you have opinions on my first world problems of pro You know, some people probably pro- love a second floor laundry room. I remember back when, well, it was during, you know, the housing crunch crisis and we'd go like fantasy look at homes. For, like, right, when anymore. you're like, maybe this $2 million <laughs> house would be selling for like $200,000. That'd be great. We noticed then, like, a lot of the new construction homes did have the upstairs. Yeah. And I was like, why is this a thing now? But this last time, there was less. So I was like, See, okay, well, it was this. not a thing when we were growing up. Like, no, no, no. When we were growing up, it was in the basement different. or like main level. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. But like now, it's you got, well, see, and now in Minnesota, what they are doing is they're literally putting it in the closet of the master. That's what I'm seeing. Oh, like it's a separate I would room. hate that. Yeah, I know. So like they, like oh. you go from like, it's like a never ending. It's like going through like the magic wardrobe in Narnia. Like you go through the bathroom. And then, there, then there's the walk-in closet, and then you keep going, and then there's your laundry room. No, I've seen thank that. You. But, like, that's not, like, the ritzy, primo, like, you got to be into, like, the six and sevens for the house. Well, like, like the only way I could even understand that is that wasn't the main laundry room. 
Like if that no, was it's like, the main one. Yeah, master. I agree. I did. I think it's like it's fine if like like for my parents that would be amazing. Well, that's basically what they have. Their laundry room is off the main, like in the main end. Like, see, my mom's like, you don't need to worry about this because this is what she has. It's like right in the garage. She's like, but it's like right next to her bedroom. So she doesn't have to do stairs. I'm still doing stairs. I'm still lugging stuff up and down stairs, which, yeah, yes. that's part of it. I know I can do stairs. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. <laughs> this Not is a good point. I won't do the stairs. I've been doing the stairs for nine years. I just kind of was like, oh, it's just so freaking convenient. And here's what really kicks my ass. When we built this joint, they did not offer moving the laundry room upstairs. Hand to God, a month after we moved in, they changed the floor plan and moved the laundry room upstairs. So sons of biscuits. Uh, You were born under a bed. And I've been fit to be tied over it for almost a decade. And I was like, you know what? And now I got another $40,000 to put it upstairs. Yeah. Sorry. Sucks to be you. Contractors. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. We're talking Batman today. Okay, did you rewatch all the Batmans? I did a little refresher. No. I, um, we watched, like, I, I showed Liam the Michael Keaton Batman, the first one. Yep. Because he had never seen it, and I was like, well, we have to watch that. I mean, it's just a straight-up classic. You just need to, you need to know this. This needs to be part of your education, you know? But I feel like they just will not understand the cool factor, because, like, now... Is it cool? No, Probably it's absolutely not, it's not, not cool. because I watched it's it and I was like, stupid. oh dear God. It's I know. It's great. actually like when you watch the early Batman movies, they're pretty ludicrously. They're, they're kind of bad, actually, in retrospect. Well, like, but they were taken 100% seriously at the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and if you take it 100% seriously, then it was awesome. As we did in the, what was it, 89 when that sucker came out? The first one? 89, yes. Because I was, Damn, I was into it. Like, that was the first movie I remember there being, like, a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. The, the release and the oh, trailer Michael coming King out. was king. Oh, yep. It was Yeah. But, like, really, in retrospect, it's a lot about Jack Nicholson's Joker. And It is. And he's kind of a campy Joker. He's an extremely campy kind of, like, they're like, he's like Cesar Romero from the TV show. Yeah, and, like... And like I feel like he, like, I forgot there was, like, this whole, like, dancing part of it. With, like, it was, like, there was a lot. And I forgot that they made him the murderer of Batman's parents. Yes. I was just like, that's you know, a little. Do you know how long? Because this was basically, this was my introduction to Batman. Right. This is how you learned about Batman. I didn't know that that was, like, Oh, no, that's not a deviation. Thing. Yeah. I didn't know for, like, the longest time. I knew it wasn't time. that as a kid. I don't know how I knew that was Batman um, I wouldn't have had um was the cartoon on in 89 I don't think it was no I think it came out after because when that came out I was trying to explain this to Liam I was like like yeah you don't know man this was huge oh yeah Batman Mm -hmm. (laughs) beyond Adam West right (laughs) which I watched that too thing and so like the, the cartoon came from that then well, and especially, like, considering, like, if you had watched the Adam West show, like I did, like, you go to Michael Keaton Batman, and it and was it like, oh, this is serious. like, this, yeah, this looks like Shakespeare. It really did. You're like, wow. <laughs> they're taking it so seriously, man. But, like, now in retrospect, you're like, man, his head can't even turn. Well, th- that's the thing. Okay, so 
Imagine my offense watching this Batman with Liam. And I'm like, this movie was huge for me in my childhood, okay? Mm-hmm. Huge for me in my childhood. Appreciate it, child. Appreciate. My child was bursting out laughing I every mean... two minutes. <laughs> when they weren't funny parts. Like, just because of the way he turned his whole body every time he, he turned his whole body. body. And I'm like, hey, show some respect, y'all. You know, the one that I, okay, because, like, I am not, let me straight up, I'm not a Tim Burton fan. Like, he's no. too dark and twisty. I don't he's, like he's him. Little, well, it's not even just dark and twisty. He's just a little odd. He's weird. So, when we got to, and this is, I did a little refresher because I was like, oh, I should watch the one with Catwoman with Michelle Pfeiffer because I feel like it's very pertinent to our discussion today. I knew that one was sillier and I was like, I'm not even going to attempt it. It's (laughs) sillier! I I knew it was sillier! sillier. Because I I remember going to see it in the theater and being like, oh, this is very silly. Yeah! I was like, wait a minute! I thought it was more serious. No, it was very silly. Ten-year-old me, I thought it was more serious than eight-year-old me, but, like, I was like, no! It's even more ludicrous, because, like, the penguin, like, DeVito's penguin is, like, really... Super camp. Camp. And then, like, so's Catwoman. Oh. And the the thing I... What I really kind of rubbed me the wrong way, even back then, is they made her like she's crazy yes because aren't all feminists crazy right i was like like she's some unhinged crazy she's just a jealous woman right who hates men and i'm like okay catwoman is not crazy she's not crazy she's not any crazier than freaking batman you know what i mean so it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way but i did find out why mike michael keaton said no to the third That's how we ended up with Val Kilmer. Remember Val Kilmer? I do because I love the third one. That's yeah, that (laughs) that one I liked better. Everybody was like, "Oh, that's so terrible." Unironically, I love that one because Mm -hmm. I was in college at the time, Mm -hmm. so like I remember coming home from college for summer, and like summer was for like my my job. And for hanging out with my friends from high school. Like, that's what we did. We go to movies all the time. And that was the movie that summer. And I remember listening to the soundtrack every single time with I was seal. driving my mom's car. Like, oh, the soundtrack on that one banged. Yes. And <laughs> I thought Jim Carrey was hilarious. He was funny. And they did a great two-face with... Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Which me and my friends, we love Tommy Lee Jones from mm-hmm. The Fugitive. So we were like, this was a great movie. I loved it. It was movie. really good. Nicole Kidman was great. I think she actually had the best chemistry with Val Kilmer than what Keaton had with um, Basinger, Basinger or, or Pfeiffer. Yeah, I agree. They had so. good chemistry. I really loved the third one. And like the third one gets too. a lot of. Crap. It does. But they're it's like, so oh. good. Well, but they're like, well, because Tim Burton's a genius and Joel Schumacher, like, I don't know, is some kind of schmuck or something. Well, I don't know. I don't a know schmuck what. and it is stupid, but it was like, but I love that movie. But it's fun. Yeah. And I was you like, had the introduction of... of Robin and. Yes. Oh my gosh. You guys just understand like... my obsession with Chris O'Donnell was deep. Most people were. My, my friend Angela was like big time Chris That O'Donnell. guy, listen, I wish I could explain to you what a smoke show chris o'donnell was in the 90s i can't even you guys like that he was like our what was he 
kind of <laughs> like I won't go as far as Rob Pattinson, but he was like because he wasn't as big, but like he was kind of like oh, what's Paul Walker? He was kind of Paul Walker before Paul Walker was Paul Walker. Like Paul Walker happened in the two thousands. Like I would say he's like like he was just so dreamy, you know. Like he's just that. Dreamy it was the mom. eyes and the smile. And then he married a kindergarten teacher, which made me love him even more. I was like, well, now you're off the market, and I just it just made me crazy. So. Yeah, I loved the third movie. I thought the I third one it. was really good. And it got a lot of crap because it was like, it oh, it's all about the the villains and that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, yeah. But all those movies had been about the villains. But so. see, that's the thing about Batman. Because this is, I think, something that Batman has that Superman does not. The villains actually tend to be more interesting at times than the main character. Correct. I don't feel like Superman's villains are anywhere more interesting than Superman. Like, I was always pretty bored with Lex Luthor and, you know, that was really the only one I can remember. He has, like, one main bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's freaking Superman. Nobody can beat him. So... Yeah, I am like Kiss from Rose, and I was like, I was all over. Loved, loved Nicole Kidman, loved the whole thing. But yeah, Michael Keaton did not sign up for the third because he felt he Joel Schumacher was like telling him like, no, I'm moving in this more campy, lighter. Why does this all have to be dark and twisty and sad? And Keaton was all about it being dark and twisty and sad, and he was just like, you know. Keaton had a better beat on who Bruce Wayne was. Yeah, he was like, it's not about Batman. It's about Bruce Wayne. And, like, do you even know how this story started? Like, his parents were murdered in front of him. Of course it's got to be sad. (laughs) So I was actually in agreement with Keaton on that. I was like, that's fair. That's fair. Which is going to lead us to the Batman. We're getting there, guys. So, like, I agree with that. But, like, I liked Schumacher's, Schumacher, whatever his name is, I liked his campiness more than I liked Tim Burton's campiness I guess that's the difference yeah because Tim Burton tends to go like on gothic weirdo he's gothic weird whereas like I feel like in the third one it was like shiny it was just campy. like yeah it, it was, was like sparkly comic book camp yeah it was like sparkly kind of shimmer campy like it was just brighter and but cheerful. then the fourth one with Arnold oh. was just like we don't talk about it this is like the, those are the dark l- listen if you are a long-term Batman fan, you know the pain that is Batman 4. Like, and just the darkness that we lived in after it. Because that movie killed the Batman. It killed the franchise. franchise. Like, it, it killed it dead. Hard. And it's they George didn't even Clooney try called, to bring it back. Right. It was like, listen, if George Clooney did not come back for ER and fix that mess, I would hate him for all of my days for ruining Batman. But he made it up to me with Doug and Carol, so I forgave him. But, yeah, it was really – I remember sitting in the audience. Dim, I was dim, so dim. excited because I was re- – because by this time, the cartoon was out. And I loved the Mr. Freeze storyline with the wife. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And they had Poison Ivy. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. Because I was thinking of, you know, Val Kilmer. But Val Kilmer, and probably one of the most brilliant moves of his career, was like, I'm not doing Batman 4. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I remember sitting in the audience as the credits start to begin and Arnold Schwarzenegger gets top billing in a Batman movie. And I'm like, oh, this is not going the right direction. (laughs) I I should probably just go. I was like, what the hell? And like right from the start, I was like, this is a train wreck. And it was such 
a train wreck. It was just one of the worst movies ever made is really the only way to describe it. It was really bad. So yeah, you fall into the darkness where it dies and we languished. So it's no surprise that Mm -hmm. those four movies and with with out of those four movies, the Tim Burton movies look like high art, gritty, dark. They do like really classic. Yes. Like they're more classic. They kicked up. They kicked off the craze. Like then we get Christopher Nolan and we're like, oh, no, no, this is dark and gritty and realistic. Yeah. And then Nolan comes along and blows everybody's socks off because you're like, and what 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 thrilled me about the Nolan um, Batmans is they were very close to the Batman Begins cartoons. Very close. Yeah, and that, well, and also it 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 really kind of honed in on more his origins, at least obviously in the beginning. Yeah, the they really movie. got into, especially Batman Begins, like why know. he was. If I have a quibble about Nolan, and I've got more than a few, but this yeah. is my my major quibble was why the fuck was Rosal Ghoul an Irish white Irish man? I just thought of that the other because I was doing a little rewatch. And I, I was watching like, it. Why? I was watching it with Liam Neeson, and I just, it just clicked in my brain. I was like, because I get so uh, engrossed in the ninja training, and then I, like, it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. Liam Neeson's white. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson, like, like Ra's al Ghul was white. Talia al Ghul was white. White. And, and I was like, then you hear ninjas. That, then you heard that Zoe Kravitz had tried out for Catwoman for the third movie. And they wouldn't let her audition because she was so too she clarified. She clarified that a little bit. She did not try out for Catwoman. She wanted to try out for a smaller part. Still. Somebody, she wasn't Still. saying it came from Nolan's camp. I think it was somebody in her camp that said they're not doing Urban. So she you didn't know try Listen. out for the little part. Which is not okay. It's not okay. No, it is but absolutely she was getting not. a little... Because people were like, what the hell, you know, Nolan? And she's like, no, 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 it wasn't Nolan. It, I didn't even meet with him. It was, like, somebody from my camp who said it. So I was like, well, they're a racist jackass, so you should fire them. So Yeah, you should. I, hopefully you're not working with them anymore. Hopefully that clears it up. Because she was like, there's no way I would ever get a meeting for Catwoman. Just, like, I, there wasn't a shot in hell I'd ever get cast. So she's like, it's that, it wasn't about. But, like, you know, the way she phrased it, then, like, the news articles just ran with it and she's like no 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 she put it on her instagram so um anyways but yeah like that's like that's a major flaw and i mean again i love those movies um i think my other major quibble was the rachel dawes character that yeah that was gonna be my next one was the love interest situation and like i'm not like i was really excited because i loved katie holmes and dawson's creek i really did so i was really excited that she got cast in this movie i was like this is gonna be awesome like but there was no chemistry no chemistry and then she went on her tom cruise crazy train and it was like what well, and heck? also, and 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 Maggie Gyllenhaal taken up after she did slightly better, but again, still, still not great. No chemistry. My and- beef with the Maggie Gyllenhaal take, like, I feel like Katie had a softer. She was still like Rachel Dawes is tough on Bruce, but she's tough on Bruce in ways that. But you can tell she be. still cared. But about she him. very much loves him. You can tell it's coming from her. like Katie very much approached it with a gentle, loving. Maggie Gyllenhaal was just like pissy and angry with him all movie and I'm like why is he like she's like don't make me your one hope for happiness Bruce and I'm like 
but you literally just told him last movie you'd be with him. Like, now all of a sudden, because she's like, you need Bat. Like, she's all mad he's Batman. And I'm like, I mean, he's well, literally and, and I, city. <laughs> can I admit another reason why I didn't groove to her after a certain particular point in time? Is knowing that when they created Arrow, they were trying to form it off of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. Oh. And I was like, that's Laurel. She's Laurel. You're that's right. Laurel. And I never could look at her the same again. Like, why I are never you so could pissy with him. I, oh my gosh, you're so right. But she's a lawyer. She's yep. somebody who knew him before. Like, yep. it was just like, it. It was very obvious to me. And just is like super angry at him all the time for like. And it's no the same reason, reason. <laughs> like nobody's going to accuse Green Lantern of being a great movie. But that movie was also done by a certain Mr. Goog. <laughs> and that movie also had the like lawyer girlfriend. Who was pissy. It was like I couldn't. I can't. I just can't. I'm honestly just glad he's going back to L.A. Law. <laughs> No, because homeboy just needs to be his lawyer. <laughs> Stop. He would be with the lawyers. Stop. <laughs> like now you, you can have as many female Stop. lawyers on a lawyer show as you want because it's a lawyer show. Stop it. <laughs> so, oh yeah. No, I was rewatching again. And I was like, gosh, she was making Jillian Hall's Rachel Dust was such a bitch. Like she was. So it's like by the time they blow her up, I'm like, you're like, thank God, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Like I feel bad because Batman's like Bruce is sad and Harvey is just like I don't understand why she was like again. This is a problem I have with the second one, which is almost a masterpiece. Don't get me wrong; I'm not quibbling about Dark Knight. Dark Knight is like basically a superhero masterpiece, but for different reasons we'll get into when we get to the Batman. But I couldn't understand why everyone was like so wild and crazy about Harvey Dent. Like he's okay yeah, they're guy. like acting like he's the best guy ever. I'm like, he's just a dude. Well, like he's just a dude. I mean, like Batman was like, well, he just locked up half the city and he didn't have to wear a mask. I'm like, that's called being a prosecutor. <laughs> that's like his job. <laughs> he literally just did his job. That's like, like the bare fucking minimum. So the bar right. is in the basement. Here right. It's like Bruce, sweetheart, you have a lot of money. You can take that money and go to law school and then do the same thing. <laughs> so and that leads me also, it's kind of like a seg into my, my other quibble, which isn't a quibble I even had until I watched the Batman. Yeah. Which is that Gotham isn't dark enough. Yeah. It's just another city. It's very Chicago. Because like, it was literally in Chicago. Like, literally, <laughs> it's literally it's Chicago. We're not even trying tower. to hide it, you know? <laughs> We're going to just pretend that's not the Sears Tower because this is Gotham. Um. Yeah, it was very, you know, they just, I'm very torn. Like, I love, what I love about all these movies is, unbelievably, they find different threads to take Bruce's story. And it's always very fascinating to me what the director and the writers, like, latch on to. And so, in the Nolan series, Bruce's parents are just really deeply good people and when they died, a part of like the city's soul died. Yeah. yeah, like they were the force of good in the city. So like Bruce kind of has to take upon himself that mantle, but he's like, he's, you know, he's the dark knight. They have- and that was my other thing 
like at the end of the dark night it's like well now they have to chase like from two to three it didn't make any sense to me because i was like okay so you know the police have to hunt batman because now he's the bad guy who murdered people that was never batman batman was always working with commissioner gordon he was like detective like his, the whole no kill thing is pretty much widely known it was widely known he never killed anybody he just beat the crap out of you the police didn't trust him because he's a vigilante but commissioner gordon did and so they you know so but like this whole like i guess did they hunt batman i don't remember that happening as often unless he got whatever so when we go from two to three and he's been basically holed up in his house um, mourning Rachel for like, what is it, 10 years or some ridiculousness? Has it? I'll be I'm, honest, I haven't ever paid much attention to the Well, I told you my story. I, well, I'll tell them. So my husband and I, we were very excited to go see the third one. And we were in this little small town and we're like, we're just going to go check it out in a little theater. And so we went to this theater. It was a crappy theater. And we could not understand a single word that came out of Bane's mouth. Like, at all. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, so, and then I got annoyed. Like, I liked the, I liked that they introduced Selena Kyle. I think they introduced her way too late. And she was just like this, like, prop to the story. Like, it really didn't get... It was kind of like, this is the end of the series and B- Bruce, you know, Batman has to end up with Catwoman, so here's Catwoman. It's it kind of it how really it felt. felt like, I'll be honest, I didn't pay as close attention maybe as I should have watching it, but I like I couldn't understand the point of Talia Al Ghul. I couldn't understand what Selena Kyle's thing was. Like, I barely, un- you know, obviously right. barely understood what Bane was doing. Like, none of it made sense, like, the stuff that was very, happening to the city didn't make any sense. Like, context-wise, it was, like, right after the 08 crash. So it was very negative among billionaires. So it was a lot about, like, Nolan really kind of tried to take that on. I don't think he was very successful at it because um, your main <laughs> hero is a billionaire. So it's tricky. So it was very much about, like, you know... For Selena Kyle, it was about taking from the rich, making things fair. I you know, think. I feel like the Batman did a better job. And they did a better of, job of that. Of, yeah. of and hitting then, the, the one percenter And thing. then Talia Ghul, the only thing I can come up with Talia Ghul is because it was a trilogy, Nolan thought he had to tie it back to the first one, which you do not have to do. No, absolutely no. don't. Especially if it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. But clearly, the shining star in that series of movies is Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker performance, by far best Joker ever, ever seen. Ever. That was his movie. That was yeah. his movie. And I like what you said, because I was like, oh, Cal, you know, what did you think? And you said, I was like, you really? Because I could not believe that you anybody was thinking the Batman's better than Dark Knight. I was like, that's just like, that's setting expectations a little too high for me. So I was like, everyone calm down. You're crazy. So you were like, no, I mean, clearly the Dark Knight, great movie, but it's more of a Joker movie. Whereas the Batman is really a Bruce Wayne movie. Correct. And I was like, okay. So I kind of went into it with that kind of thinking. And I was like, hot damn, as usual, we agree. (laughs) See, like, both are very good. The Dark Mm -hmm. Knight is a fantastic movie. 
Yes. But can I say it's a better Batman movie? Uh, I don't know. I don't no. think I can. You know, it's, it's, no. I think the Batman is a better Batman movie. I think here's the trouble with Batman. And again, it has to go, it goes into that thread of the villains are actually sometimes more interesting than Batman because Batman's the straight man and they get to do all the wacky crazy. So it's really hard for whoever's playing Batman. You have to be willing to do a deep character study in an action Mm. comic book movie. Right. Like it's very hard (laughs) for the actor who's doing Batman to compete with that kind of flamboyancy that this you know, amazing cast of characters that are in these comic books, you know, and the the actors who are playing these comic book character villains are so phenomenal. It's just, and they tend to outshine Batman, a lot of it. This was the first movie really and truly where I felt like the focus was 100% on Batman and that's what the was, outstanding supporting right. cast. And a truly outstanding mm-hmm. focus and the threads that they pulled through on him. And the villain was very much secondary. Yes. Like this Which was he was really also like, very compelling and interesting. Right. But he wasn't the center of the movie. Right. And clearly they gave him an Oliver Queen treatment, which I found <laughs> like as an Arrow fan, remember the crap we got about Arrow stealing from the Nolan series? Well, now <laughs> the Batman steals from Arrow like blatantly. I mean, I would say that Bruce is way more like emo Kurt Cobain than Oliver <laughs> in a lot of ways. But um, that is that is. Bruce was what happens to Oliver if he doesn't have Felicity or Diggle. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, here's what I loved about it. Okay, but wait, before we it. go on, before we go on, anybody yeah. who hasn't seen the Batman oh, yes, is going spoilers. to be spoilers. Huge, so, huge. Maybe spoilers. turn off now. Turn us off. <laughs> what I loved about it was that it was really early on. And he's 100% devoted to Batman. He's not like high-functioning playboy Bruce. He's no. like, I watched my parents get murdered. It effed me up. I have deep-rooted issues. I have a lot of anger. I don't know what to do with my feelings. I'm going to cry my black mascara off my face and just like be in the pain. And never Batman. touch a woman ever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Don't hit women. Um, so, like that was very interesting. That is not a bat. That is not a Bruce Wayne we've ever seen. No, not which is even, cool. Don't throw Nolan series at me because even in his at his worst day, you know Bruce Wayne in those movies he was like remember his floppy hair and his sweater vests and like he <laughs> brought the gun and then he just like beat like he just hit the road and then he started training like a super badass ninja so like we weren't like in the pain we then we really went into like the vengeance and the ninja training right away and this was like he's in vengeance but he's also in pain just and it's that just that combination of his pain and his need for vengeance it was what really makes it so goddamn captivating Right. You're like, oh, this makes sense. Like, yeah, if I was in this much pain, I might put on a bat suit. I was this angry. I would totally put on a bat suit. Like, you and need I to understand that. the psychology of Bruce Wayne oh, in order God. to, like, get on board with him, like, running around with a bat on his head. Like, that's 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 crazy behavior. Yeah, it's not 
Well, the thing that I loved what they did, though, was with the parents, because this is the new twist. They've never done this with the parents before. The parents aren't perfect. In fact, they're quite troublesome in some respects. So much the, like Oliver Queen's parents. So like, yes, exactly. It's like, all right, very much a Robert Queen, Moira Queen legacy here. Um, Martha Wayne, um, as apparently her maiden name was Martha um, Arkham. Arkham. So uh, they owned like the insane asylum. And Martha had some mental illness problems. Um, her her parents I, like died in a murder suicide, and then like she did a couple stints in Arkham, um, and then you know Bruce's dad he was running for office, and this information about his you know Bruce's mom got out, so he ended up going to the drug lord dude to try to like get it to cover up. He didn't tell him to kill anybody, but he did end up killing somebody. He was like, take care of it. And the mom's just like, what do you think that means? You know, like, now he was in Yeah, pocket. So this was very interesting. And of course, Bruce finds this all out, which is hilarious because, like, it's all through the Riddler. And it's like, it's coming to like this whole sins of the father. I was really getting prepped. I was telling Cal, like, with all the secrecy and, like, what's this huge secret that the Riddler has? And I'm like, okay, Martha did a sin in Arkham. Like, I don't know. Is the Riddler, like, her secret love child? Like, is he a half I was afraid it was going to go that way. I was like, how crazy are we getting? So by the time they, like, get to it, I'm like, oh, he's just, you know, they just Oliver Queened him. (laughs) I was like, okay. I was like, I was actually a little relieved. I was like, oh, his dad just kind of had somebody killed by accident. Not really, but sort of. Which, again, not great, but I really thought for a hot minute there that the Riddler and Bruce Wayne were brothers. They really did a good job in this movie of kind of like showing the corruption of the wealthy and powerful. Yeah, I think they hit it on the head a little bit more. A lot more, a lot more neatly than Nolan did. Neatly is a good way to do it. And here's the fun part: the 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 villain who is conveying this message, this societal message that the director wants to get across, you can understand their words in the movie. So when they say the words, explaining the theme of the movie, it's quite uh, helpful to be able to you know understand them so good job <laughs> well, and it, that reminds me of another thing that was kind of cool about the riddler is that he was like he wasn't wrong no he was 100 percent right you know like i like it kind of when they make a villain like he's the bad guy he's doing terrible things he's murdering people right but he's also like the thing that he's saying is not wrong kind of like um Adrian Chase. Yeah. Yes. It's like that kind of thread. Yes. And so Rob Pattinson is given a lot to work with. I can see why he was jazzed and really excited about this. Because I was a little like, what? Because Rob Pattinson. He doesn't often get excited about this. No. Like, listen, he's kind of like Adam Driver. He likes to do his weird stuff. Whereas I would just like, could you just do a romantic comedy for me? Just one. <laughs> but that's not Rob Pattinson. I mean, I will always have Twilight. But um, 
yeah and he wishes I was like, you Rob? didn't <laughs> i was like rob's pretty pumped about this i was like that could be really good or really bad <laughs> i was like we're gonna be awesome or super weird right i'm like just quit you know i was like it's okay jen you survived tim burton it'll be all right um but yeah no they really gave him a lot to work with in terms of like bruce's psychology and i love that they made the mother a have some mental illness problems because number one that's not anything bad you know what I mean it's it's a physical problem just like having cancer is. and it it's okay. also can be hereditary and it's hereditary because let's be honest Bruce jumping you know dressing up like a Batman is just skating that edge of the sanity line at times well, and so he just kind of looks a little little off a little unhinged yeah like, like he's, he's not he's, He's just, he's not taking care of himself. No, he's not keeping it together. This Bruce Wayne is not together mentally. He's really not. He he's, is not the playboy billionaire guy that, that Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne was. Yeah, we are nowhere near that. I mean, maybe they get to that in the other, mo- you know, if there's more movies, but I'm actually okay if they never get to I'm that. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to go that route. I think what was so interesting is like he is just so angry he's in so much pain he can't function as a normal person so like as people are seeing bruce wayne he's literally and like the house they live in it looks like dracula's castle like it is so morbid and like dark no you nobody ever comes to that house yeah no one ever sees bruce wayne it's like bruce wayne shows up at a funeral and they're like and everybody's like oh my god he's out in public he's alive like he's a total hermit and like Nobody knows where this weird kid is, except he's freaking Batman, and, you know, he's got a nighttime gig. Well, and that reminds me of another thing I really liked, is how they showed in the beginning, all the, the, the criminals in the city are afraid of him. Yeah. What I thought was so smart, because, you know, as he's talking, he's like, I can't be everyone at once. Oh, everywhere at once. And, like, the tech and everything was so cool. It was the coolest tech of any movie I've ever seen for Batman. Like, he, like, he took extremely detailed notes. He, like, did recon. Like, he's... He was, he was a detective. He was, like, a detective. And he used the imagery of the Batman and living in the shadows to make like to make like the mental power that he had against these bad guys, like they would, they felt like Batman was going to jump out of the corner at any second. Always watching the shadows. Yeah, so it was like kind of made them change their mind before they did anything. You know what I mean? So, and then yeah, he pick his target where he's fighting fifty guys. So then you know they'll survive, and they can tell a bunch of villains that hey, he just kicked like fifty guys' butt. Like watch out for Batman, you know. <laughs> But then, like, the eye thing, he put, like, eye cameras in his eye. They were, like, contact <laughs> lenses that were cameras that recorded everything. And I'm like, that is brilliant. Because he, they, that's another thing is they played up the Batman is the world's greatest detective. Like, mm-hmm. you can see that in action. Like, yes, he's young, but, like, he is hella observant. It's like Batman Special Victims Unit is kind of how it felt. Like it was he, so... he, he like he his brain had a way of like working out a scene and and looking for things that other you know cops would miss. Yes, it was it was Bruce is Batman and Jim Gordon at a crime scene, and I'm like finally, <laughs> I'm like yes, this is what he does all the time. He's at a freaking 
crazy and all the time. They're like, what are you doing here? What's the freak doing here? Like, Mr. Gordon's like, shut your mouth. And then, like, Batman solves it. That's the show. <laughs> it's like, it literally took us how many years to get to that in a movie? <laughs> like, why was this so hard? <laughs> I was like, he's not a bad guy. They're not hunting him. They're like, oh, you're, what's the freak doing here? Uh, he's smarter than you, and we'll solve this. That's what's going on. Yep. Okay. Now I get the best part. Yep. Catwoman. Zoe Kravitz, man, was like, when you think of like women who were made to play Catwoman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. can only think of two. And that's Eartha Kitt. And Zoe Kravitz. Eartha Kitt? Who's Eartha Kitt? Are you kidding me? Hang on. I'm looking her up. I probably know. I probably you, know. Of course you know. You hate Santa Baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and the voice of Isma. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Anyhow, she First was like... Me a minute. <laughs> she was like ages ago, Adam West era. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And she kind of had the, the purr in her voice. It was very iconic. Yes. Yes. Extremely like iconic portrayal of mm-hmm. who Catwoman is. So when I think of like Catwoman, that was always kind of like the first image that came to my mind. And now it's also Zoe Kravitz because she also kind of embodied the whole feline thing, but without the voice. It was like all in her movements. She was so the Catwoman from Batman. I know I keep getting, you're like, Jen, you're obsessed with this cartoon. Yes, I was <laughs> obsessed with this cartoon. I loved it as a kid. It's what, in, you know, cemented my love for Batman. Everyone get over it. Like, she was the closest Catwoman. Because, like, that, again, the only real, like, so we have Michelle Pfeiffer, who they played off, who did a great job. She was very cat-like and whatever. But they, again, like I said, they played her like she was crazy. And then I kind of feel like the Selena Kyle in the, you know, third Nolan series. I just, I don't know. She just felt like an afterthought. And don't forget Holly Berry from the standalone. Oh, I don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That just. I don't think, I don't think I ever saw it. So I don't know. I didn't. I I wouldn't. I saw a promo of it and I was like, this is sacrilege. I will not walk upon this horse. I don't know enough about it to say anything. It was during that like chunk of time where I wasn't seeing a lot of When they had her in like the tube top (laughs) is where you lost me. The plastic tube top where she's basically half naked. I was like, okay, has anyone actually seen my cat? Whatever. So yeah, I, I would say. Zoe's Catwoman is the best Catwoman I've ever. I mean, seen. she was she was perfect, and every time she was on screen, you were engaged. You were like, yeah. And the cat totally... aspect of it was subtle. Yes, like classic. It was yeah. subtle, but it worked because like, it I worked. Think her, her movements were all very kind of feline. Well, it like I just... said, well, because again, here it's Zoe Kravitz. Does the she weighs like. 50 pounds you know what I mean and I was like are we really she's so itty bitty and I did love that there were some points in the like when they were fighting where Rob Pattinson just picks her up by one hand and like slams it to the ground like like, listen I I was like we're keeping some reality here but what I loved about her physicality was all in her legs yeah I was like that's so Catwoman and like yeah she had some cats but they weren't like she didn't have 75 you know, um, <laughs> you know, and like she had like cat like hat, burglar hat. It was like a square hat, kind of like the pink hats that everybody made. 
Yes, exactly. Like, the but it was kid. black, and so when she put it on, it looked like ears. It just like looked it like ears. Perfect. Yeah, it was really pretty freaking adorable, and it just looked like a good mask, you know. So, and what I loved is she was not an afterthought. It wasn't like, oh, this is our last Batman movie. Let's just throw Catwoman in it. So she, you know, Bruce ends up with Selena. Like, it wasn't like, or we're not playing her crazy. You know, she was a fully fleshed out character with her own agenda, her own storyline. And that her storyline, her motivations felt very like, you got it. You were yes. like, yes, girl. You're like, yeah. Like, she's, she's there to save her friend and she cares about her friend and what I loved is her ideals and what her ultimate goals were very different than Batman's but they were cohesive in some moments and then other moments they pushed against each other which that's Batcat like that's that's how they are 100% that's how they are you know it's like they come together and then cross purposes yeah and it's like nope this we're going to work together. Oh, you want to do it this way. I want to do it this way. I care about this. You care about this. And they go their separate ways. So that's the push pull between them on top of some insane sexual chemistry and Rob Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. Like, okay. That one scene, I'm thinking of the one scene where she's about to go into the club. And she's got the little camera contacts in her eyes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she's like, you know, He's telling her what he needs to do. And she's like, oh, you're a real sweetheart. You know, you yeah. don't even, do you care what happens to me while I'm in there? Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, look at me. And he like puts his finger under her chin. He's like standing there right in front of her, looking down into her eyes. And she just is like, boom, it, captivated. And, it's like, it's like, and then he's like, yep. Yeah, looks good. You know, he yep. was just looking at the contacts and you're like, oh my God, you piece of shit. What's you really that? thought he was going to kiss her. It was like <laughs> Stefan Salvatore, Elena, look at me, kind of voice. You're like, oh, okay, we're going to drop some panties. Are we going to drop some panties right now? Because I'd be okay with it. I know we're on a roof, but it's okay. Yeah, no, it was like, wow, that was a lot. And all they did was look at each other. And it was just, mm. you're just like, that had more sexual chemistry that like three seconds than the Batman cat and the other Batman love interest like the other 30 years right in the history (laughs) like I would put Zoe and Rob and then the cartoon characters (laughs) like that sexual chemistry for Batcat and don't anybody throw Gotham at me I cannot with children you cannot expect me to be obsessed with little 14 year olds hooking up i can't yeah do it. i did not watch that so. didn't watch it and like the show <laughs> ends when they finally get to adults and it's getting good i'm like oh you've got to be kidding me yeah no it was really i would say yeah like i said best cat mode. okay but we got to talk about rob pattinson's acting like, okay, so many of these guys that play Batman, they put on the outfit, they got the thing where all you can see is like barely their eyes and like their mouth. And then the, and they do the voice. And they it's do the, the voice. And it's like rubbish. Christian Bale really like abused the voice. Like, it was a little too. I like, feel like it's a safe time to admit that like what he was doing was wrong. It was like, like 
It was a little like gravelly. You're like, it was a little too much. Okay. Like, half half a note higher, buddy. You'd yeah, like, okay. You should go watch some old episodes of Arrow. And see yeah, how Stephen like, Amell did take all some of lessons from Stephen Amell. Learn how yeah. to do a lower baritone register without it without like just sounding your like vocal- you just swallowed a bunch of grass. Yeah, a frog, or you're <laughs> shredding your vocal cords as you're doing it. Look at me! Oh my God! Jesus Settle down, okay? <laughs> Quit the breeze. <laughs> okay, so anyways, we trash Christian Bale. All right, now, but like the Bob. But Bob, here's what Bob did. Bob, because <laughs> we're gonna call him Bob. We feel like we're on that like first day basis. We are. We are. <laughs> Bob now. Bob with his eyes could convey more emotion than any other Batman I've ever seen. And do not underestimate the training that was Edward Cullen because he had to have a stone face and basically just emote with his eyes. So that was like his soap opera training. It was like his (laughs) battlefield. He learned how to be a soldier. And now this, this is like his This is the payoff. This is the payoff. (laughs) Right. I'm like, that's that Cullen training right there. He can emote in a mask. In the scene where the Riddler was kind of like laying everything out for him, and he's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. It's, it's Bruce Wayne, you know, Bruce Wayne, like, all of a sudden, he's like, Oh, fucking shit, he knows my identity. Standing yes. there in his Batman suit, oh, like, you God. could see it in his eyes. It's literally panic. Panicking. Yeah, it was just like, And, oh, when, and when it became clear that he was like, Oh, no. He didn't. Th- he doesn't think that I'm Bruce Wayne. He's just talking about Bruce Wayne. He's a problem. I'm in the clear. His relief was also again like, extremely visible. And just in his eyes, like just he didn't move eyes. a muscle. It was just eyes. Like, geez, Rob, this is like. That's when I knew. When I watched that scene, I was like, okay, he's the best Batman. He's the best Batman. But <laughs> I feel like. What they did with the genius that what they did with the parents storyline. And again, this is where they steal. I mean, listen, Arrow fans, if you're missing yourself some Oliver Queen, go see yourself the Batman because you'll get a nice dose. Because they really made it about Bruce and Batman being that force of light, which then as as Kelly's like texting me, she's like, you're going to love the end because there's so much symbolism. And I actually started cackling. As yeah, I'm well, when, when Jen was like, I don't know if I'm going to get to see it this week. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You're like, you, you have, have to go. go right now. I was like, well, maybe I'll go like next Monday. And you're like, no, 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 no. She's like, first no, no. of all, we're podcasting on this. She's like, think of the podcast. I'm like, that's fair. And she's like, Jen, you're not going to make it through Twitter. Someone's going to spoil it. You're going to see something. And she's like, based on the last couple scenes alone with the symbolism, you're going to like go crazy. I'm yes, like, okay. I knew. I knew this was Jen's bread and butter. And I was literally like, I, I know it sounds. I was like, oh, okay, Callie. Now, see, normally whenever I don't believe Callie, that's when I'm wrong. So I admit, I admit, this is not a smart play. And I was like, oh, okay, Callie, we'll just wait and see the symbolism. And I'm like, holy crap, they're doing Noah's Ark. I was like, is this really happening? I was cackling because, like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, this is crack. I was like, this is Batman crack for Jen. Like, this is ridiculous. They literally flood the city. They flood it. They flood Gotham. And then he's leading people out holding a flare. He's he literally is the beacon the spark. of light. Yeah, like it's he's being born again as the spark of light and leading people like he's freaking Moses 
or Noah out of the flood. And then the, the sun rises day. the first time you've seen the sun and in like the, first the whole time, movie. Yeah, they click so that they do the quick cut and then it's the sun is out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I love you guys. <laughs> the movie was not subtle. And here's another <laughs> thing. Like, this is the best. I found myself like while I was watching it, I'm like, I really love the soundtrack. Like the music for this is like yes, fantastic. Yes, it's so good. You know who did that soundtrack? Mm-mm. The guy who did the soundtrack for Lost. Oh, there you go. Oh, he's just a genius. <laughs> he's so good. Just, just an instrumental genius. Because that man can make you cry with one note. I want you to go, when we're done with this podcast, I want you to go find um, the the soundtrack on YouTube or whatever and look for the one from the car chase. I think it was called, like, Highway to the Anger Zone. <laughs> yeah. Real... <laughs> Real funny. But um, no, listen to the car chase music and okay. you're like, oh, oh, this is lost. I'm on yeah. I'm on an island again. Yeah. So <laughs> I again I was like, so I feel like actually where they're taking this is bizarre because Bruce's this particular Bruce Wayne, I feel like is the darkest. Oh, he's Bruce so Wayne. dark. This this movie is so dark that it makes Christopher Nolan's look like it looks a little sunshiny. Looks it's a little, very sunshiny. It's a little bit like it's like it's like now it's, when you look at sweet. Nolan, it's like that's that's you know that's Central that's like City. Baseline. We're that's cent- baseline. that's yeah that's Nolan Central City and like this is Star City. <laughs> kind of yeah, that's a good point. You know, I like, feel like Central City. There's a lot of sun in Nolan's. Um, there is Gotham, and there's just. But what I love about it is it actually ends on the most hopeful note and this realization it's not about Bruce like Bruce clearly he understands that vengeance he's having an opposite effect that his quest for vengeance is just begetting more dark more anger more violence more vengeance and so he he needs to be something else (laughs) someone else in order to you know, really get the city to where he wants to go. But he realizes that Batman is still an engine to do that. Yes, he still has work to do because he's very tempted to go with Selena when she's like, I'm leaving town. You should come with me. And he, you could tell he thought again, about it. in his fucking eyeballs. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the man's is tempted. Yeah. Well, but and- he's like, I got work to do here, though. Yep. Yeah, and again, they, that the visual—they're both on their they're riding together in their in their motorcycles, and then they separate on two separate paths. It was so good. And he watches like, her oh. disappear in his rearview mirror. Girlfriend gets her own motorcycle on her own path. I'm like, yes, that's Catwoman. Took how many so years? Good. How long? It was so good. 1989. It was Lord. so. good. It was really really good. So I actually feel like in terms of like Bruce evolution. This could be the best Bruce evolution we're going to ever get just because yeah. it's, I think it's actually, it's innately more hopeful than Nolan's Batman was. Um, Nolan really took the perspective that Batman in a mask was a bad thing. Like yes. that, that it was not. As right, long like, as he was a Batman, he was a bad guy. Well, and that he was like this two split personality. This is this not good that Bruce would only be happy outside the mask. Yeah, again, he couldn't. He couldn't have achieve a balance, right? And I would say yes. Comic book Batman. There's a lot of that. The duality can't ever, you know, 
get his crap together, whatever. I get that. But I don't feel like that really, again, you're not, you're having him choose a persona and that is, he needs to be both like Oliver Queen learn to be both, you know? So it's, it's, and by starting Bruce out in this Kurt Cobain, all I have is my pain kind of mode. I'm hoping that they shift him a little bit to a fully functioning Bruce Wayne and then a fully functioning Batman where they merge the personas in a way that's positive for each. Cause we've never seen that before. It's always pick one, can't be one, can't be the other. I have to pick one. I got some chick who's pissed at me for being Batman. This, it's, it's always one or the other. And I'm hopeful that this could be the thread for both. But we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of different interesting places they can go with it. But I actually, this is really the first one where I felt like they really honed in on Batman being the symbol of hope for Gotham. Yeah. I don't know if they've done that really before in the other movies. Maybe it doesn't feel like they have. I don't. I, again, I can't com- compare that kind of note to the other movies because the other movies were very focused, especially the ones you know that we grew up with were really focused on the villains. Yeah. So, and again, at the end of the Dark Knight with the Joker, I mean, he really—he's literally the Dark Knight. He's not this—he's not the hero we deserve, but the one the city needs, or something like that. I don't know. I was like, wait, what? And Harvey Dent is supposed to be Jesus? I'm like, what is going on? Like, it was very the very the end of Dark Knight confused me. I was like, I feel like maybe I didn't get which the is point. a strike in its favor. It's like it's a great comic book movie, mm-hmm. but it can't be the best because of how it ended. Yeah, again, I just, I think we were all just so blown away with Heath's performance. I mean, that smooths over a lot of flaws. It smooths a lot of flaws <sighs> out. And you're like, but then when I, because I was like, I got to go back and watch The Dark Knight again. Because I like, I got to do like a real comparison. Like, you can love all of them. Like, that's the best part about all yes. of this. There's you don't have all, to pick. You don't got to pick. Like, it's like, you can love Keaton's. You can love Kilmer. You can love all of the Batmans for different reasons, which is why I say... I feel like certain successful, certain Batman movies are more successful than others. But what I find very interesting is like all of the directors found different threads to weave the story through and have a different take, which over the years is kind of impressive. It's the same story. And yet they find different ways to tell it all the time, which I'm always like, well, that's kind of cool. It is so, very cool. So I kind of feel like you can still love Affleck. You can still love, you know. Um, I always forget about Affleck. I know. It's hard because it's like, you know, I was like weeping like a baby in Batman versus Superman. You're like, really, Jen? I'm like, listen, it was. I never even saw it. I did a whole thing. I, I know. loved that movie. Everyone's like, what's your damage? And I'm like, literally, they just did the crucifixion of Christ over easter weekend it opened easter weekend over good friday jen can't handle that i was like how is nobody noticing this they literally had it open over good friday and like we just crucified superman like why are we not picking up on this i wrote a whole review because i was like sobbing (laughs) i do remember your review i was like oh the martha and the two mothers that's so stupid like i loved it like, I'm not People hard to still please. hate that. I'm really not hard to please. So pretty much every iteration, minus, I would say, George Clooney's, where I was in a boiling pot of rage, I have found something that I love. So, but this, this one, this Batman, I feel like is the best Bruce Wayne and Catwoman we've ever gotten. And if you're a shipper, if you've been waiting for a Batcat to ship, 
this is it. You, what are you doing? Do? Go watch it. Go watch it. And I just, I, it sounds like Rob Pattinson's like, I want to do He's like, let's forever. make all the movies. I'm like, I love that he's so, like, it's so funny. Because obviously he did the four Twilight films. It's more money than God. Um, and is just like interested in doing stuff that's fun and that he loves. But he was so miserable on those press <laughs> tours for oh, man. So Twilight. Because he's like, these, like, he just was like, like, just objectively speaking, these are terrible movies. <laughs> he was like, I don't understand falling in love with a girl and then wanting to eat her. But okay. <laughs> so, sure. Like, we never really got happy Rob on a press tour. Like, he's no. giddy. He's giddy. Even Zoe's like, Rob, calm down. <laughs> he's very giddy. Before, he's so we, happy. before we leave for the day, we need to talk, discuss one last thing. Real quick. Okay, lay it on me. The Bridgerton trailer. <gasps> Can I tell you that that trailer sent me into a spiral that I ended up staying up and watching like the first five episodes of Bridgerton again. <laughs> I just am, like when I tell Bridgerton. you, you've heard me talk about the second book. And I know She's my anticipation for for this season, and I like, I, gosh, I hope it's as good as the book was. And then I watched this trailer, and I'm like holy shit like they're doing it looks like at least from the trailer they're doing the fucking book like it's everything i've heard from bridgerton fans who have read the book say the second book is the best book i don't know if it's the best i mean i i'd say it's probably my favorite so far yeah but you're on number five i'm actually doing yeah i'm doing five right now i'm doing eloise's book oh interesting um but no it's i just Everything I, it, everything I've been telling you about Anthony's story, like that, it's more funny mm-hmm. that he kind of gets what he deserves after season one. You mm-hmm. know? Like mm-hmm. all that, you could see it in the trailer. I'm like, oh it's yeah, funny. He's getting what he deserves. The hands, like, and I feel like I heard that people were kind of upset that they're doing like a love triangle with him and the two sisters. I think they're. I think that's just. I think that's just publicity. Okay. Because did you see any hint of a triangle in that trailer? I mean, he looked pretty much all about Kate. So. Yeah, basically. So, okay. In the book, Anthony's beef is that his father died when he was just a little bit older than Anthony is now. And how he had so many children by that point. I don't know. He must have gotten married very young. But they the do, point is, They did. Yeah, they do get young, married young. Maybe maybe he wasn't the same age, but he was like he's getting up there. He's starting to like look down the 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 long you know, and winding road of age. Yeah, he's like my mortality <laughs> is upon me. Type yeah. of bullshit. His father was allergic to bees, and he got stung by a bee, and he died. Okay, that's and it was something that happened when Anthony was like in college, and it traumatized him mm, like more than any of the other Bridgerton children. It traumatized Anthony. And well, it, it would be, I mean, he's thrust into, he's the eldest son. So then, you know, he had to take over the family when he was not ready for it at all. Yes. And he also saw what it did to their mother. Now, yeah. I mean, I don't know if eight children says to you what it says to me, but Anthony, their parents were in love. Right. And they were like a true love match. They were truly like each other's best friends. So you, right. So all these children got to grow up seeing that this is what love looks like. Yep. And so Anthony saw saw it and his takeaway is look what happened to my mother because of love. 
you know. She doesn't have that attitude, though, at all. No, but that's what he thinks. And so he's Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to leave my wife devastated when I die because he is absolutely 110% sure that he is going to die. Like, this is not, like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Really? He might as well have a diagnosis from a doctor written out. He is going to die, and he doesn't want to leave his wife the way his dad left their Sometimes mom. Sometimes men should not I know, he's, be on their own. Unsupervised. <laughs> he's, he's a pain. So when he decides that, like, okay, it's finally time to pick out a wife, his whole thing is like, okay, fine. I'll just pick the one that's, like, the best on paper, and I'm not going to fall in love. And it's going to be fine. So he sees Edwina, Kate's sister, and is like, that's the perfect one. Who's but very, pl- to seems, get with- she's, and she seems very pliable, very sweet. Well, she is very sweet. Manageable. Extremely young. It's like her first yeah. season out. Like, and- she's kind of like um, Daphne. And yeah, exactly. And Kate is the gatekeeper. Which I guess in is a good In order to, to like, get with them, a but- chance with Edwina, He's got to get through Kate because Edwina loves her sister. Kate and Edwina are like this. But like, what's Kate's deal? Because she's still on the market. Because she's, she just, she doesn't have any patience for anybody's bullshit. Oh, okay. (laughs) And she's, she's abrasive and she speaks her mind and you know back then. These are not valued characteristics (laughs) in a woman. Even today. Even today. And she doesn't put herself out there a lot. She has a specific issue that I can't remember off the top of my head. But either way, she's she's like the idea of getting married is kind of very much not on her periphery. Right. And she just wants to make sure her sister makes a good match and her sister trusts her. So like her sister would not get married to anybody without. Right. She's got to sign off. Yeah. Saying this guy's okay. Yeah. So literally it sets it up perfectly so that. Anthony, in order to marry Edwina, the woman that he's positive he's never going to love, he's got to get through Kate, who's like, my sister deserves it all. And if she wants love, she's going to get love. And it's just, and then Anthony's like, wait a minute, we were fighting back and forth all these weeks. I kind of think I love her. <laughs> it's just. I love and that that's going to be an Anthony's natural in, conclusion. And then there's an incident in a garden with a bee. Okay, you can't tell anymore because then you're going to spoil it. No, no, so. but that it just kind of is the shot in the butt <laughs> that well, propels it, everything. Well, I mean, to me, I know everyone was, I know there's some people who were worried about, you know, there's no Simon. Oh my gosh, did you see, did you see the screen capture I got on my Twitter with their <laughs> Daphne and her mom? And, and the little baby. Yeah, and the little boy, I and he's walking. I can't. I'm like, see, this is the good part of Simon not being on the show. We just get that happy stuff because they're not going to mess with Simon and Daphne. No, so like they're not going to mess with it. You don't necessarily need it. And at the end of the day, it's Roger Jean Paul's or whatever his name is. Um, it's, it's it's his decision if he wants to come back. Right. Right. You know, and it doesn't sound like he wants to. Now, the gal who plays Kate has said, hey, if they want me to come back in future seasons, I absolutely will. And I'm like, yeah. God bless you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like that. I really like that the show shifts character focus every season. Oh, yeah. I think that's very smart. And it's not something we see very often. So Because it allows for happy endings. It allows for happy endings. Exactly. Which, you know, let's be honest. That's what we want. So. You know, no, I thought the I thought the promo was fire. 
if you're thinking like, oh, this isn't going to be a sexy show anymore without, you know, Reggie Jean. Um, hi, uh, let me introduce you to Anthony in a white, wet shirt. Yeah. We're good, oh, guys. It's going to be sexy. We're good. I've heard. There's this gal I follow. Um, I know you Twitter. keep sending me your TikToks. <laughs> no, no, no. There's this other gal I follow on Twitter. Oh, okay. And she's um, a historical romance writer. Oh. And she's friends with somebody who worked on Bridgerton. Oh. And so she keeps like tweeting her like, hey, can you tell us something about this? Hey, can you tell us something <laughs> about that? You know, and so like every she's always trying to get like nuggets. She's like, I can't tell you guys anything. And so at one point she's like, all I can say is those two have more chemistry than I've seen yet on this show. Wow. So I mean, that like it they Simon burned and up the were pretty hot. So yeah. Yeah. So all right. Woohoo. Okay. So I, I have I have good hopes. Yeah. I'm just like my my biggest problem right now is do I binge it all or do I just like do one like it's so hard. Self control is not really my thing. You know, I think I might binge, but I also might then go back and rewatch. I might I might try to make Kyle watch. So like I'll watch as many episodes as I can in a day and then like yeah. that night watch an episode with Kyle. Watch it again with so yeah, I'm like gonna do kinda watching it twice at the same time. I don't know if Nick's gonna do Bridgerton with me. I think he might draw his I'm, I'm trying to get Kyle I told asked Kyle to give it a try. So we'll see. Yeah. Nick's seen it peripheral with the amount of times that I've had it on replay. <laughs> Uh, Jen, okay. it is what it is. You get bored. You're just you're playing some solitaire. You, you know that's half naked in the background. What there's worse about? things because my husband, when he's bored and doesn't know what else to put on, he puts on movies from Turner Classic Movies. Oh, geez. No, he loves old movies. So oh, I watched okay. this movie called Gigi, which. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling like you, Kyle likes old movies. That's so it sweet. was a little creepy. The thank heaven for little girls thing. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Listen, then... the problem with classic movies is watching them today. They are wildly problematic, like okay. a lot of them. And then last night we watched Ben Hur. Ah, uh, which does that, have, does that have Charlton Heston in? Oh no, that's it. Um, absolutely has Charlton. It's Charlton Heston, Heston and and then what's his name? I oh no, that's um. Never mind. I'm getting confused. Go yeah, ahead. No. Yeah. no, this one is apparently Charlton Heston is a bit typecast at the time because this was very much nobody wore this. It's very much a Jesus movie. <laughs> it is a Jesus movie. Who told, I did not know Ben Hur oh, was a Jesus oh, movie. Oh, yeah, it's a Jesus movie. <laughs> nobody told me. Oh, girl. <laughs> so I I'm like, told you. What? What? And it was just like, it was so easy to just sit there and bitch about this movie. It's very time. confusing if you don't know ahead of time that it's a Jesus movie. I was very confused. I went through a very, like, <laughs> I loved I loved the Ten Commandments. Like, I was like, oh, I can't. I was like, eating up my Charlton Heston. I hate that man. Oh, I I was like, I was all about my Moses. I was like, watching all of his, like, I'm pretty sure I saw Ben Hur. It's like a five hour movie. It is a ridiculously long. And here's the thing. I literally saw somebody on Twitter last night say, the Batman is good, but it shouldn't have been that long. It's no it Ben-Hur. And then I was like, excuse you. I watched Ben-Hur last night, and I'm like, this movie could easily be two hours shorter if they cut out all this extra bullshit. Like, when they get to the chariot race, <laughs> and they're just, like, going around and around before the race starts, I'm like, what are we doing here? Just wasting film? Yeah. <laughs> 
why is yeah. this taking so long to well, tell this story? I understand that the Batman was three hours, but it didn't speak. No, it did not. It did not. It was so good. Listen, y'all sat through Titanic. You can sit through the Batman. That was another one that they said was worth the three hours. Ben oh Burr my gosh. and Titanic worth the three hours, but Batman not. And I'm like, okay, no, that's you're wrong. Just- that's just nonsense talk. I can't with that. Like, you have to allow him to detect it, do some detective work. Listen, you just have to allow. You just just have allow, to allow Rob Batman. to rob as Batman. What do you want from us? Okay. Bob. You forgot his name is Bob. Sorry, I changed it to Bob. Just have Bob be Bob, half naked with mascara coming down his face. I'd watch five hours of that crap. Honestly, same. Nick, but like, ben like, Hur- it, it tested. It tested me. I was like, "Why?" Oh yeah. Why? Yeah, you gotta watch better classic movies. No. So ben is not that good. Like I get it for back then, it was really good. But I remember watching Ben Hur as a kid. It won like then, it broke a record for number of Academy Awards won. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. My mom like, oh, okay. Well, if you, I, so I think she was like racking her brain for like Heston movies for me because I was like really going through a phase, and she's like, okay, I watched Ben Hur. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I'm like, this is so boring. It is. It's, it's, and here's my thing. A little whitewashed. Well, they're all whitewashed. (laughs) But like. them look Middle Eastern at all. Well, no, except for the guy whose face they painted. I was like, oh. Yeah, sure that happened. I believe that. They had, they had Arab looking men. Like in the background, not yeah. saying words. No, they don't get to actually but if play. You, you have a speaking part. That I mean, has to go all... to a white man, and we'll just paint. Did they his make face. this in the sixties? Yeah, Whoa. they're all super fifty-nine, but whatever. 59, yeah, it was... I, oh yeah, we're like, of course, yeah. I just expect that nonsense. Like when I know, it happens. but it's just like it's yeah. disturbing and it's terrible. But like, I just go into it being like, it's going to be whole... a race, bunch of racist jerks. So you know, and then the whole leprosy thing. Yeah, I don't remember that part. Again, it was bad. It was a lot of years. The best part ago. was seeing the bad guy get trampled by all the horses. Like, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only part I remember. That was the only. My mom's like, they trample a dude with some. That like, was they my favorite part. I was like, oh, gotten my interest. But you have to sit through like four hours to get to them yes. running over people. I'm like, I'm like, mom, I think it was after my surgery too. So like, I wasn't. Oh no. Anywhere. She That's got a bad I, time to I watch remember after my big surgery as a kid. Like literally they bought me, they bought the dog <laughs> so I would have somebody to play with. Because I was holed up that whole summer. And I watched a crap load of movies. I watched all the old movies. Like I watched Grease for the first time. Some good old movies. Yeah, I did a whole old movie thing. And I'm sure that was when I watched Ben Hur. So I'm sure <laughs> she was like, You got time, you can't move. <laughs> you can be watch yourself some Ben Hur. Okay. <laughs> this guy this guy i know i know (laughs) oh can i i have a segue doesn't make any sense so we're going from a jesus movie to an adultery movie remember the movie unfaithful i threw it on today and i was like uh, unfaithful that one remember with diane Diane lane yeah diane lane and richard Gere. right you know what i could never figure out why would she cheat on richard Gere? Richard Gere with that that skeezy looking fellow that that she's looking french guy no, thank you. I'm like, why are we blowing up our life? Like, are you? I like, never understand that sort of thing. It never like, are you sense. bored? Get like, I get it. The kids in school feel fine. Maybe you want to look into a job. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It just felt like I just can't. And then she's like mad at him for murdering him. I'm like, well, yeah, that was bad. But like, what did you think he was going to do? This is a guy who like hires people to follow you. Like kind of married to a security guy. Like, like 
crazy, half crazy guy. And like, why did she give him like the gift of the snow globe? That's just mean. I was so confused by that movie. <laughs> it's not, like, it's it's not a, a great movie. It just bothers me. And like, then they don't tell you at the end what happens. Well, no. It's just, I hate movies. Like, I hate movies to do that. So, like, you don't need to know. Me. Just tell me. It's on a need to know basis, Jim. I know. It's like, listen, I just did two and a half hours with you. Just tell me. Does he no. go to prison or not? I just want an answer. No, no, no. No, you don't you get to know. You have to come up your own ending. It's whatever you think. Oh, I know you hate those ambiguous endings. Pick it at yeah. me. Jen's not a fan, folks. It makes me so angry. Give her an ambiguous ending and she will hand you your lungs. I just, like, I just can't. Like, I understand, like, Jen, you love to, like, analyze. Why wouldn't you love an ambiguous ending? Because I just spent the last five hours analyzing Because we have made a contract with these movies when we sit down to watch them. And that contract says, at the end of this, you're going to tell me what happened. Like, the ending. That's why they call it the end. (laughs) It's not that hard. It's that hard. Apparently, it's that hard. So, yeah. I don't know why I threw it on today. Because, like, I'm working while this is, like, it's in the background. And I keep looking up. I'm like, what is wrong with you? It's Richard Gere. And she lives in this gorgeous house. Her adorable son, who, can I just add, they, like, baby him a lot. I'm like, isn't this kid, like, 10 years old? Why are we still brushing his teeth? But a side note. And we're, like, going down. And, like, she just, like, sleeps with this random dude who, like, sells used books. Ooh, yay, bookseller boy. What is happening? Like, I I suppose he's supposed to be, like, pure sex or something. Like, that's not my... Like, I need, like, Reacher, maybe. Then I can, like, believe it. Or, like... Like, I can buy that. I was like, I understand that. Like, Oliver Queen is a used... Like, selling used books. Okay, maybe. I'll buy it. some reedy-looking French dude. Like, like, grunge French man? No, thank you. I don't think so. (laughs) Like, he took off his shirt, and I was like, I don't understand why we're chucking... The $2 million house that where apparently you don't have to work and a delightful husband who like tells you you're gorgeous every five seconds and a beautiful child. Like, what is the problem? Now, if anybody starts, well, Pete, there's life is more. Listen, I would be fine if there were other issues she's having, but they don't tell you that in the movie. She literally just is like, I'm going to sleep with this person. Because I'm slightly neglected. She's not even neglected. She thinks she is. I don't, I think she's, I literally think she's bored. I think that's exactly it. Bored I think life. the conversation she has with the friends at the coffee shop after she sleeps with him in the bathroom, I think that was literally, I think that was it. Like the friend was talking like, oh, I could sleep with him and be like taking a pottery class. And then the other friend's like, it's not a freaking pottery class. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, maybe that's what she thought it was. Like, this is a pottery class. You know what you actually could do though? Hmm. Take a pottery class. <laughs> not on your husband. Just put out ideas. Just oh, Jen. Like this whole movie, I'm like arguing with this woman. I'm like, I don't know, learn to scrapbook or volunteer at the school more. Or like take up a hobby. Fine, get a puppy. What's wrong with a puppy? A puppy will keep you quite occupied and does not lead to infidelity and divorce and murder. Murder could, in this case. You don't know. Infidelity puppies are all the rage. And honestly, the whole murder is so messy. He just wraps him up in a carpet and throws him into, like, a landfill. And you're like, how did he not go to jail? <laughs> He's Richard Gere. Yeah, I guess if you're going to get away with murder, you do Richard Gere. I like how they, like, they tried to make Richard Gere less attractive. 
like never, put some glasses possible. on him. Yeah, they put some glasses and some sweater vests on him, and you're like, it's still Richard Gere. <laughs> it's still Richard Gere and Diane Lane. You yeah, question your choices. I don't. You're going for French dude, but okay. <sighs> Whatever. You have some sketchy taste, my dear. I don't understand women sometimes. Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? And like, why does she have to dress up in heels and like a dress? She does this whole sex. Like, wear the heels and the dress around the house. Vacuum in it. If you want to dress sexy, go visit your husband at work. Make a TikTok. Yeah, make a TikTok. <laughs> put a dress on. Go to work. Lock the door. Screw him at work. Come back home. That's an interesting day. And again, doesn't include murder and infidelity. I should stop watching these movies. <laughs> you know what I watched this week that was really interesting? What? In in a that's really gross kind of way. Mm-hmm. It was called Fresh, and it was on who? Oh, my God, I watched that. Did you really? <sighs> okay, so here's how it happened for me. I'll talk to you about how this I went into it with eyes both wide open. I knew exactly what it was. Okay, I, I did it. not. I did I not. Did. I okay, did. so <laughs> we were watching Pam and Tommy, which oh, weirdly... No. <laughs> I can see exactly where this goes. You see where this is going? Okay, so Pam and Tommy... Before they get to the... Okay, I'm going to clarify this, okay? Before they get to the sex tape actually being released, the episodes prior to that are really funny. It's really funny. And, like, Tom and Pammy are... Like, I ship them. Like, they're so... Like, it makes me sad that they're divorced in real life. I'm like, you guys are kind of perfect for each other. But, like, now we've gotten to, like, the sex tape is released and, like, People at work are watching it. You just feel horrible for um, Pamela Anderson. So it's just like, oh, like I can't even imagine. So, and again, I kind of like don't remember. I, I vaguely remember this happening, but like I was a kid, so I wasn't allowed to like pay attention to this, you know? So, okay. It put me in more of a Sebastian Stan, 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 what's his name? Stan. And so since I watched Pam and Tommy, Hulu recommended Fresh. And like, they had a little take line like my mouth was on the floor within the first half hour i was like okay and i saw that it was a horror movie but i was like well it can't be that bad so i kind of okay. just fast forwarded to the half hour mark <laughs> which is literally the part where they drop the bomb on you but then you should have watched the first half hour i didn't watch the first and but then i watched the rest of it because i was like what the like it's literally like my nightmare it was bad. It was really no, bad. It was funny because <laughs> it was. It, it makes even more sense when, if you watch it from the beginning. Okay, I, it's interesting. Movie, they meet in the grocery store. <laughs> like the okay. whole movie is kind of a commentary on kind of misogyny. Okay, but it's that. But also because I watch a lot of like documentaries and dateline people like this actually exist oh oh i know they do i've watched some of the documentaries oh yeah i, I think you told me okay i told you okay yeah so i was like this really happens yeah it does but they used this thing that really happens and they were like because he would tell her to smile oh and and like when she was like locked up in his basement she's like he's like you should smile and it was like, so when she told him to smile at the end, I was like, oh, that's glorious. And I, then when, I love <laughs> when, that they're like, 
they like literally just like got through the fight of her lives and then she finds out he's married and she's like he's married like of course like, it's like it's totally about it but like when the when the when the the friend was like beating the shit out of the yeah. wife with the shovel yeah he's like bitch is like you are part of the problem and i'm like internalized misogyny <laughs> I mean, it, I couldn't really get that deep into like it was like no, clearly. It was, I just was too horrified. You were horrified. I knew exactly what it was because I again. I did it. I blame. I, like, I blame the TikTok. There's a guy I follow on TikTok <laughs> who's always like talking about movies, and a lot of time what he's talking about is Marvel. But like he talks about everything. He popped up a thing. He's like, "This movie on Hulu, it's crazy. There's it's cannibalism. So, so yes, you know, maybe just like be aware of that going in." Yeah, it's a horror movie, but it's fun, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. I so had I a hard time with the fun because, like, again, I watch this too much Dateline, so I'm like, this is like the stuff that they do to these poor girls, and I'm just like, I'm gonna have nightmares. But like, I was like, okay, Sebastian, I guess we're like, you know, we don't want to get typecast. <laughs> really was my takeaway. He was such a jerk. Look how I have rage. <laughs> He deserved everything that happened. But the end and like how she gets out of it, I was like, see, this is like, like women take notes because that's always what I thought I would do. If you're in that situation. I was like, when I saw her teeth, I was like, yes, girl. Girl, get it. I was like, do it, do it, do it. She did. And it was best. And trust me, his ass would not have gotten up and walking around. He'd be done. Like there's was, no way he was he was he was only sort of done, and then they all three jump him, and he was like, "Okay, I'm a little bit more done." And then <laughs> he chases him out into the woods with a gun. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that whole chase scene, him taking on three girls, that doesn't happen after the you know initial slice and dice. I'm just saying he's done. He he had superhuman strength. He yeah, took there was some superhuman done. something because like <laughs> I mean they're on the ground when it's still attached, and this was not attached, so like severed so i just feel very strongly that she would have escaped although i love that she went back for everybody yes because like fear like she could really be just booked it out of there herself because girlfriend and like you can make an argument maybe she should have just booked it but no she was like we're all getting out of here well and she knew at that point her friend was one of them right? oh yeah i forgot about that yeah no she did well and then she'd been talking to the girl next to her and they had anyways bar. guys this movie is freaking disturbing it's bonkers. it's bonkers it's bonkers if you want a little less want... bonkers sebastian Stan, you can go ahead and watch pam and tommy he's pretty great in it it's tommy lee but um, if you want to see him be a cannibal but you want to see him be a serial killer cannibal uh there yeah it's a good movie <laughs> i would personally recommend the cleaning lady or i know I'm, you, I'm, keep, you keep I know, because you have to watch it. You will like it. I am at the whim of Mr. Ben-Hur. Listen, <laughs> can't we sell him on the hot mob, like the hot drug dealer? Like, I understand why Kyle would have a problem with that. Kyle's a strange man. It's, I'm just saying, like, during the day, start watching it on your own. I could do that, I guess. Do that. Okay. Or I'm also finishing up the impeachment on... Um, FX. I've I'm like I've got no stomach for anything political right now. Yeah, it's not the greatest because there's some, but again, it's a good one for me to like watch while I'm working. Oh, you it's know like, what's really good? That's I think the other it's one. just gonna. 
The one he will. Um, the one that I actually I take that back. Not the impeachment, but the dropout. That Theranos documentary. Kyle watch we watched like no we didn't watch the dropout itself we watched the 2020 thing the 2020 thing about the show the hbo documentary is better it gets way more into it yeah maybe it was it was hbo it was a documentary about the thing but like i've already seen a document elizabeth holmes before so i'm like do i really need like to hear about this again she's a sociopath is pretty much what i'm coming back coming away with basically like i don't really understand it's like it's like inventing anna for the silicon valley crowd yeah you know i watched that and i gotta be honest didn't love it again terrible people doing terrible things well it's like i'm enjoying amanda seyfried's you know portrayal of her i think she's done a pretty good job she kind of nailed her because she's such a she's just such a she's like a saturday night live character just ready to go you know what i mean so I, the voice and everything i think they did a good job but like as they're what, what i like about it is they're laying it out differently as it happens in real time versus the hbo documentary and it's actually like there's hearing people tell you about it and then it's seeing it happen and something about seeing it happen like it's even worse you're like she's nuts <laughs> So. I mean, she sounds nuts. She, I don't, un- yeah, she just, just basic human decency and federal law were really not her. The whole thing, her whole thing is fake it until you make it, which, and she was like, that's what. Again, very people inventing Anna. Yeah, but like, here's the other thing, like Zuckerberg and the Twitter, they're inventing like stuff for a computer. It's not going into your body. This is literally. Well, and also they were geniuses. Yes. And she's not. She doesn't. Like, I can never get over. They nailed the 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 professor that they always interview. Because, she like, years later, she's still pissed at this kid for not listening to her. Which is, like, she's super bitter. And it's hilarious. So they had, uh, what's her name? Uh, Roseanne's sister. That actress play her. She does a good oh, job. Oh, Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. But she's, like, B19. And I don't know, maybe, like, finish your degree and understand what, you know, how the human body and medicine works. It's a concept. She just wanted to just, like it. skip out and like be a billionaire. She's like, they money. dropped out and were successful, and I'm like, yeah, but they knew what the fuck they were doing. Right? They were <laughs> again. They were geniuses in their field already. You they know what knew I mean? more than their teachers. They knew That's more why than they dropped exactly. out. They couldn't exactly. learn anything. No, they weren't learning anything at Harvard. They already knew how to do all of it, so they had to go out and do their thing. You. Don't when understand a, how chemistry works. When medicine is involved, you actually yeah. have to learn the thing before right. you can do it. Like she, like the professor, like listed off fifteen things that, like this is like she's like it's literally not feasible what you're talking about, like in the laws of physics. And she was like, she just was like, well, you know, Yoda says <laughs> whatever Yoda says, and like she was like, okay, there's no talking to you. I'm done. <laughs> But yeah, it was, listen, homegirl needs to go to jail. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what her sentence is going to be. So hopefully that's that. All right. So that's all <laughs> I've been watching. That's all I've been watching. And happy birthday to Buffy. Oh, yes. Five years. Was it today or yesterday? I can't I remember. think it was yesterday. yesterday. My days all blend together. So They do. They do. I still get ridiculously excited when Sarah Michelle Gellar and Dave Boreanaz talk. <laughs> like they, like. To this day, Sarah Michelle Gellar is the most hardcore bangel shipper you'll ever meet in your life. That girl, like, she loves them more than I love them, which is 
an insane amount. And she's just like, her and David have like the cutest little friendship and they're just adorable. And she always calls him my angel. And it's just, anyways, it makes me happy. Yes, I know I'm weird. <laughs> According to my timeline, you are not weird. You are very much one of the crowd. Because they are my people. And my people understand why it's exciting when Buffy and Angel talk to each other on Twitter. Exactly. I just, I don't know what to tell you. Because they're married in real life, he's human, and they had little babies, and she's out slain. That's my end game. <laughs> sorry, Spuffy fans. Not sorry. <laughs> I was sorry. like, no, you're not even remotely I'm not even, sorry. I hate Spuffy. I hate it. Do I hate it more than I hate Delena? Yes. Wow. I mean, it's, it's some deep-seated. What about well, LaRiver? Oh, man. We really should, like, go through. Like, our no We absolutely hate. Okay. I got to think about this. Okay. No, I feel like it's a tough call with those three because they are just my anti ships. They're my no TPs to the core. I want to say I hate, I want to say I hate Lorever the most, but here's my thing about Lorever. Lorever didn't actually screw up my show. Here's the thing about Lorever too. It never stood a chance. Right. It was like, we really were like, what did we deal with it? Like where it was a viable threat for like a year and a half. Right. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't even that. So I can't even like rank it as what I hate the most, although I hated it intensely, but it was just so easy to just, it's not a concern anymore. It's more that I hate the fans of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. The problem with Delena is they actually like ruined, ruined your show. my show. So I think I do hate them the most because at the end of the day, when it came to Buffy, Whedon was like Angel's endgame and yeah. the show. And I was happy Buffy with that. did not ruin the show. Yeah, Buffy did not ruin the show. They were very, very clear about what Spike was to Buffy. He was her dark kind of, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, Delena effed up my show. So yeah, it's Delena. See, I had to walk through a whole process there. But you did better. have to walk through a process. Did I I'm also sad. tell you I went through a whole process and actually, because you know your thing where you're like your Harry Potter house, your favorite Taylor Swift um, album, and then they're, oh, and your, um, your Zodiac. Zodiac. And I was like, I don't know what my favorite Taylor Swift album is because we've debated this, right? And I was like, uh-huh. it's, it's either Red or it's 1989. I've so been listening to so much Taylor Swift right now. It was the easiest decision for me. I know, because you like <laughs> Reputation, right? I am, yes. I'm a okay. Reputation. You home. and Lauren. Lauren loves Reputation. Okay. Ah, so see my girl. Me, for me, it's Red or 1989. So you know what I did? I think it's 1989. I mathed it. And I literally (laughs) typed out all my favorite songs on each album and I counted it because I was like, whichever has the most faves, that's my fave. And you're right. That's not how I decided. That's how I decided. So it's 1989. It's 1989. Yeah. No, I could have told you that without you having to math it. Well, I feel, well, you were like, well, I feel like you were more of a red girl. And I'm like, I could have been more of a red girl, but like 89 is what got me on the Taylor train. Yeah, no, I, when I think of you, I think 19. You think 89? Okay. Yeah, Cause I, I was like, I feel like it's 89, but then like the whole all too well, like red really swayed me there for a second. But red like, is oh, great. Here's yeah, the thing no, about having a favorite album doesn't mean you hate the others. No. It just means it's your favorite. That's your fave. Right. And I got to take Lauren to the 1980 concert, 1989 concert, which was amazing. Sorry like, to my sister whose life fell apart and that's how I ended up with tickets. I still feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> like I love the love I have for folklore is ridiculous. Oh yeah. But, like reputation is still my favorite because like when I listen to reputation, there's no skips. 
But what I love I've about her, skipped. she's so inventive, and every album is like <laughs> it's 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 a different personality, and it's a it different. Is. It's a and different that's why I love like going. I take all her stuff, at least all her stuff that she, you know. Yeah. Like I don't, I I don't include debut or speak now yet because she doesn't own those ones yet. Yeah. And I and I include I include eighty nine and reputation because I love them. But yeah, <laughs> but like my answer may change when 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 I get to listen to those, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> but I I'll listen to all of them and I'm like it changes genre like every goddamn song when you have the whole thing on shuffle. It's it does. so many different kinds of, of You're of just songs. moving your way through different songwriting genres with her. It's crazy. She's done and them all. So much fun. And, and she's I, amazing at all of them. And I feel like I love a lot of songs that a lot of people don't love, which well, is weird for I me. I believe that. I feel like I tend to be more like, I like, love angsty Taylor Swift like nobody's business. I like, love all of it though. Like last time and God, the last time and um, Exile. Well, you know how I feel about Exile. That's I like know, my just, oh, it's so. But good. um, no, I like I love Welcome to New York, and like a lot of people are like, that's the worst song on 1989. I'm like, if bite your fucking tongue. <laughs> I love Welcome to New York. It opens the whole album. It does open the whole album. Here's the thing. Somebody did a thing on TikTok recently. They're, they were like, which song, which albums had the best like intro song to that, that era? And they ranked Welcome to New York so low. And I'm like, how dare you? That's wrong. The best is clearly ready for it. But Welcome right. to New York is second. Easy. I mean, if you want to talk, what's the best first song off her album? Yeah, I got to go ready for it. Because it's like, okay, here's here's what seals ready for it for me. Okay, here's where I get nerdy. If you listen to ready for it, when mm-hmm. it starts, right before she sings, it's doing the dun, dun, yeah, yeah, dun yeah. you know? And then mm-hmm. right before she sings, she clears her throat. Why? Because she had gone missing after the Kanye bullshit. She was supposed to be doing another album altogether after 89. She was, like, missing for, like, what, 18 months? Nobody heard from her or whatever. She was, like, mm-hmm. shacked up with boy toy. Yep. And, and Living her best life. And then, like, so she clears her throat. Like, mm-hmm. I am back, and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you some things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's reputation. It's time. really <laughs> Boss Taylor at her best. It is. Like, badass Boss Taylor. I love it. It's so great. It's, it's just... It's, I, and the and the I mean the the stadium tour like it was really it was I, crazy. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the network. The oh, Netflix seated special. in person like, was a. Was I don't a good even want to talk to you about that. It's gonna make I'm me sorry. Mad. I'm sorry. The next time there's a Taylor Swift concert, we're gonna go. Like we are because you we're don't gonna have go. A like my you don't have a choice. Literally right before COVID, when Lover was released, she was only doing like a couple cities. Like and my Lover sister Fest? called yeah. me and she was like, are we doing Lover? And I'm like, oh my God, I want to do Lover. She's like, same. But like, it was so much money to try to get into that concert. I was just like, I can't do it. I can't. And it broke my heart. And then COVID hit. So everybody didn't get to go, which made me sad for other people, but whatever. But no, next time I'm, I'm going. You got to go see T-Swizzle. But no, she, she she can sing live. She does a really good job. 
tell me tell me there is an, a Taylor Swift album that better fits my energy I don't think there is it's totally it's totally Cal whereas like me I'm totally 1989 you're totally 110% 1989 everybody like when they meet me like oh yeah you're 1989 (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny well that's what made it so funny it's It's like like glimmer pop like that's her glimmer pop and I'm such a glimmer pop girl you are you are sparkles it's sparkles and she wore a pink light bulb dress like are you kidding me but here's another thing i love about <laughs> reputation can i can i yep, nerd continue, again? Continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the end like towards the end of the album this is why we can't have nice things and that's how she closed out the, mm-hmm. the stadium tour right yep tell me that was not hey lovers coming next because that yep. was a lover song yeah that every time I listen to it, I'm like, this is on reputation, but this is lover. I know. Like when you I, watch the, the the concert, they have like the fountain and everything. It looks like the me video. I swear to God. My favorite line from reputation is if he spends my spends my change, I own nothing. You know, that's only second to if the man talks shit, then I know owe him nothing. I know. Yes, what was God the, damn girl. If he spends my change. Yeah. That was the verse about Tom. The first verse is about Kanye. Wait, which Tom? Hiddleston. I thought that was about the. I thought that was about the. Um, no. Uh, the DJ boyfriend. DJ boyfriend. I thought he didn't. They co-write some a song and like she didn't get credit for it, and oh. I didn't know it was Hiddleston. I'm just guessing, but I I'm know that curious. first verse is about Kanye. Okay, well, sure, it's about Kanye, absolutely. Like, um, every single song on that video, that album is either Kanye or or Joe, except Getaway Car is about dumping Tom, so. Yeah, it, that was just a whole I love Getaway Car. Well, again, like, what's so interesting about Reputation is, like, there's anger there, and she gets that out, but it's really about falling in love with someone when you're at your lowest. Correct! I love it! It's so good. It's so good. And I feel like 89 and Lover are perfect bookends to Reputation. And here's the thing. Lover is like my top three albums are Reputation, Folklore, and Lover. Oh, that's going to be hard for me. I don't know if I can do. I think I got to do. Okay. I think 1989. I think Red. And I think Folklore. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? It's because so it's hard. Like, it's like picking your when favorite Because when I say child. that and I say lover, and then I'm like, but I also love 1989. But I, know, I also but love like, Evermore. Like, I, like, I, I love all like, Oh, but I love reputation too. So it's like, oh. I love red. I love, red. I love Evermore. Then you're like, then you're like, I'm sorry, reputation, that you're fourth. It doesn't feel like you should be fourth. No, I love all my babies. It's like, I know. It's really hard. (laughs) Well, what was it? Somebody said, like, and I posted, no, I didn't post a thing, but I saw it on, I think, TikTok, where they did, like, instead of Zodiac, you know, where you have, like, Sagittarius Sun, Aries Moon, Cancer Rising. They're like, you know, do it with your top three Taylor Swift albums. And so I'm like, (laughs) Reputation Sun. Uh, folklore moon and lover rising yeah that's your mix i feel like that's really got you bang on it's like that's callie in a nutshell what i feel is so (laughs) shocking like don't you feel like my daughter would be a 1989 girl but she's a reputation girl no because she's your daughter i get it so she's more nick because nick is me yeah so pretty much (laughs) 
thought I had my niece, and I'm not sure she's a 1989 girl. I gotta like check in with her. She might be a lover girl now. I have to ask. Lover is great because listen, lover has death by a thousand cuts. It's got lover, paper rings. Lover it's, has paper rings. Lover has, I think he knows. Lover has the archer, which I, I mean, if there was ever an arrow, like I kind of wondered if she wrote it after no. watching the arrow episode. No, because it's about Sagittarius. Well, that's fine for you, but I make it about Oliver Queen. And- Listen, sir. <laughs> I can't. I have to make it has the word arrow in it because the fucking Sagittarius is the archer. That's not that's not important to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. She's calling out her Sagittarius self. Can and I, I love tell it. you? Like, I really feel like the fandom slept on that song. Like, there should have been they a did, lot more. And it like, makes me so angry because I love it so much. Like, why aren't there more Archer videos? Like, there, there should, should be, be Archer Elicity fan vids up the wazoo. And there's nothing. But listen, the Archer is a great song. Listen, I'll tell you what. <laughs> You listen to Stefan and Alina on Ed- with Exile, and you want to cut your heart out. Nothing. No, I, I have pain. a feeling. I have a feeling that Joe and Love from from what's it called? You, yeah, yeah. kind of ruined that for me. Oh, like, really? I still Is love it- Exile, but like I can't. Oh, like, every time I try to it- picture somebody with that oh, song, really? I picture oh, him no. every time I dragging that, her dead I body across. Steph- oh, every time I hear that, I think Stefan and Alina. I'm just like. <laughs> This is the song of my heart. I can see that, though. I can see that. Can't you see it? I can. There is a seriously great, like, okay, there's a, there's a line, because I was like, like, you hear the song, and then you put the fan vid in your brain of how you would, like, put the clips, but I don't know how to make this stuff, so other people have to do it for me. And so when the line where she's like, if one thing had been different, everything would be different, and I was like, oh, they should totally, like, put that line with Stefan like not saving Elena while she's drowning and she's laying dead on the table. And That's not from exile. Did. And somebody did. That line's not from exile. What's Which that from? Which one is that from? Oh, was that from the You Should Be the One? Yes. Oh, that's the song. The that's one. my Stefan. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's my Elena and Stefan song. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That's not from Exile. You're right. I know yeah. Exile. I know. Actually, that, yeah. No, you're right. No, that's the one. You should have been, been the one. That's the one. That, the one. Which yeah. is also a great song. It's another great song off, off a lover. Yeah. No, it's yeah. off of Folklore. Girlfriend. I am having a hard time with keeping all of her <laughs> records straight. This is why you're the Bible of Taylor Swift, and then you just correct me. We're a great team. But honestly, no, the one is a great introduction to folklore because, mm-hmm. like, I'm doing great. I'm on some new shit. Like, mm-hmm. first line, you're mm-hmm. like, yes, you are, girl. This is yes, so you good. are. <laughs> I love her. I miss <sighs> Taylor. I need more Taylor. I know. I want to know what one she's going to release next. I just also would really appreciate a picture of her in her <laughs> wedding dress, is all I'm asking. No, for. you're not going to get it. I know I'm not going to get it. It's almost better that I'm not getting anything. Because I remember when Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston released their wedding photo. And you couldn't see anything in it. Like, you saw a hint of her dress. And I was like, this is just mean. I don't mean to see your, like, not seeing your faces. I want to see the dress. So just show me the dress. And she wouldn't show me the dress. I'm like, then just don't Well, think of what are those two from, from the 100. That first picture they put out didn't show anything. Yeah. I don't know why I thought of that. I just did. That's true, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just like to see dresses, guys. Okay. I know you do. I know. I you just do. like like I'm literally talking about my daughter when she's That's... 14 about her progress. Like, Jen is 1989 in dresses. I am. That's it. I'm just it. I it is how it is, guys. I just I'm not gonna change. <laughs> But that means I, I really enjoyed Bridgerton. That was I ranking. I know we did. But see, then I get to enjoy the Bridgerton fashion because it's basically prom dresses on parade. I saw a TikTok today that was ranking Taylor Swift's Met Gala looks. And I'm <gasps> like, Jen would love this. So, like, the ones you <laughs> sent me. So, if I just hit the follow button on the, in my inbox, I just follow all those people now, right? The ones that you yeah. sent? Okay. Okay. If, if you want to. I'm I mean, still I'm getting. Gonna... I'm still not. It took me a really long time to understand Twitter, and I'm having that same experience with TikTok. <laughs> it's it's oh. one of those things that's not immediately intuitive, but yeah. just I'm follow old. creators who you like all their stuff, and like if you like a video, and but maybe not necessarily like the creator, just like like the stuff that you like, and maybe comment things, and then the algorithm will go, oh, she likes these kinds of videos. So okay, liking is key. Stuff like that. I got it. Okay, awesome. Alright, Because go. once you first log on, it's just teenagers dancing, and nobody wants that. So. No, it's a lot of tweens, and like half-naked girls. I'm like, how did this end up on my... I, I like don't puppy see videos. any of that anymore. Like, like now it's a streamline. I had, I it's a heavy streamline of puppies, which I worked hard at that. So now, but I'm yeah. like, I need other stuff. So start, start, look up Straw Hat Goofy. He's the movie guy. Okay. Okay. He's fun. Okay. Sounds good. All okay. right, guys. We will talk next week about, I don't know, something. <laughs> <laughs> Not Batman. Whatever. We'll figure it out then. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. this week be sure to listen next week subscribe to watch over on itunes or google play and look us up on twitter and tumblr 